0: Welcome to the Naturally Healthy Pets Podcast. Let's get to it. Welcome to our show this week. Uh, this week, we're going to have some fun because my guest today, Lisa Spector has a degree from juilliard for those of you who don't know that's like big league music um my aunt actually went to juilliard uh and for over 15 years lisa has been recording research-based classical music to ease canine anxiety and i didn't she and i were talking before we went uh live and um I didn't realize that she actually started a company that made music discs that I sold in my veterinary clinics from when they first came out back in 2008. So, very, very cool. So, I've known about music therapy for animals for a long time, didn't realize this was the person behind that. So, how cool. Um, In 2017, NPR called her the pet calming maestro. She's the founder of My Zen Pet and the doggone calm club lisa thanks for being a guest today i'm I'm kind of excited about this
1: it's such an (laughs) honor to be here dr judy i've been such a big fan of yours for so many years so it's great to be speaking with you
0: (laughs) (laughs) well i was a fan of yours i just didn't know it i didn't know it was you so really cool stuff so um first of all you're juilliard trained so uh piano other instruments classical
1: music uh Just piano, just classical for people in those days. Little did I know my Juilliard degree was going to go to the dogs (laughs) later on in life.
0: Which, yeah. So how did that happen? Like, how does somebody go from being a classical pianist for human concerts, whatever you were doing, recording? I don't know. But how do you go from that to, I think I'll play the piano for the dog. (laughs)
1: Well, sometimes I have found in life the best things happen seemingly by accident at the time and you look back and they look like divine intervention. And this is one of those things. So 20 years ago, 2003, I owned a music school. And that was what I was doing professionally and all ages. And I also, I've always loved dogs and I was a volunteer puppy raiser for Guide Dogs for the Blind. So I had a rambunctious four-month-old puppy, Sanchez, and I brought him to my music school. I I joke that he got most of my business because everyone (laughs) loved him so much. and. I was studying actually for the children. I had a group of four-year-olds and I was like, they're so wild when they come in, I need to get them to focus. How do I get them to calm down and get focused? So I started studying different prescriptions of music for people that had been used in neurodevelopmental centers and with autistic children and and to get some handle on my four-year-olds. And I found that the music I discovered worked on the four-year-olds, it was fabulous. But I looked over at my rambunctious four-month-old guy dog puppy, and he was snoozing in no time. I was like, great, it works for the children. I'm really onto to something. And I started wondering, has this ever been done? I've, always, I've had dogs all my life. They've always gravitated to the piano, and that's what sparked my interest. And then I looked, and I, I formed a partnership with a sound researcher and a veterinary neurologist who ran a research study. And that's how it all started. Wow.
0: And, you know, everybody I talk to who is in the holistic pet space, every single one of them started their company or is doing what they're doing kind of like that. It was like this fortuitous thing that happened and a light bulb goes on and you go, wow, I should do something with this, which is so incredibly cool. And I will say my mother... Lives with us and she's 86 and she has played the piano literally her whole life. And um, she's very talented musician, played the clarinet, dancer, like all, all the arts stuff that not me. Uh, and so she plays the piano every single day. So you get to hear
1: her every day. I love
0: it. Like if I walk in, she's like, oh, I'm sorry. I don't want to buy. And I'm like, are you kidding? You could play that piano eight hours a day and I would just be so happy. And what happens is one of our cats actually lives on the windowsill over my mom's piano. That's just her chosen spot. And so my mom plays and the cat sits on the bench right next to her. And then all the dogs, if they're going crazy, no matter what they're doing, they all gravitate. And if you look over, there's dogs sleeping all around her piano bench. And she plays a lot of hymns and like the sound of music, like show tunes and that kind of stuff. But it's all fairly mellow. And so she ends up with all these animals surrounding her. And then I'm usually in some other part of the house just singing in the background where no one can hear me. Uh, (laughs) So, but it is very true that, you know, our house becomes very Zen. So I love that you named this Zen pet um our house becomes very zen when my mom is playing the piano and you know she'll say i don't want to bother you while you're working you know if i'm writing or you know doing i'm like are you kidding that's like the best background music it's therapy it's better than it is it absolutely is therapy um so what and i know you've you've got a lot of research behind this so from a science or science point of view, um, what are some of the physiological and psychological benefits to the, the dog or, and we'll talk about cats a little later, uh, but to the nervous system for these animals? Like, do we actually, you said you worked with a neurologist to actually formulate this. Did they look at like brainwave patterns or, you know, what was going on or uh, cortisol levels or blood pressure, or heart rate, like any of that kind of stuff to see what kind of changes we see?
1: So keep in mind, this was way back. The research was done in 2005. And I want to first talk about an original research study. When I first, this light bulb went off, I wanted to see what else had been done. And in 2001, I believe that was the very first research study by Dr. Deborah Wells, Mm -hmm. uh, an Irish behaviorist. And she tested music in the shelter environment, testing classical music, human conversation, heavy metal pop music and then a control group of no music. And she found that classical music was conducive to calming the dogs in the shelter environment, getting them to limit and and reduce and stop their barking and also just settle and lay down. Now, Classical music, here's the challenge, but there's been a lot of progress since then and good for her. She started this and she her goal is to have more of this. Classical music is an enormously broad term. Most people think classical music is all the same classical music is not all the same. It could be a single instrument that has low frequencies that calm the canine nervous system. It could be a single instrument like flute or violin that's high frequencies that charge the canine nervous system. It could be a 140 piece orchestra. It could be Tchaikovsky, um, the 1812 Overture with cannons coming out of the steering That would not calm your dog. It's considered yeah. classical. So when... We did this research study in 2005 with Susan Dr. Susan Wagner. We tested first in the shelter environment four kinds of classical music meaning solo piano, ensemble different tempos and varying things. And then we took a smaller study after that had been done with the music, with the kind of classical music that was most conducive to calming the dogs in the shelter, and then took that into the home environment, particularly and specifically before July 4th, because so many dogs are so um, afraid of the fireworks and tested that. It was not, there was no cortisol test. It was behavior testing so it was do the dogs stop barking do they stop pacing do they lay down and it was the results were so astoundingly positive that you know susan said to us like people are going to think we're lying because it was just so <laughs> profound. But it didn't surprise me. I've had dogs my whole life, and I know what they gravitated towards. Sure. And since then, there have been a multitude, maybe a dozen studies since then. So I'm thrilled that there's been more progress. And the music I record now is actually slightly different than the music I recorded that you played, you know, in your, when you were in your vet clinics uh, because there's, it's based on newer research. And it's similar, but there are some differences based on newer research. That is so cool.
0: So have you found differences um, between different breeds or ages or sizes of dogs like our, i i, I, I me personally i kind of think as small dogs as maybe being a little more high strung than big dogs but that's not always the case um but have you found differences in size breed age as far or do they all kind of gravitate toward this
1: um somewhat so yes and no so i'm going to answer this a little differently than I used to answer this. So dogs that are known to be more sound sensitive, I think of Border Collies, you know, those are medium to larger dogs. So many of them are, you know, sound sensitive. I used to say that the more sound sensitive, and I I want to do talk about the difference between sound sensitive and sound phobic, but the dogs that are more sound sensitive The music, I think, happens faster. The results of the calming behavior happen faster. And I'm now starting to think it's just more obvious because their people are aware (laughs) that their border collie was sound phobic. So I, this is my own terminology. I describe sound. If you have a sound phobic dog, you know it. Your dog, your fireworks, thunderstorms, they're hiding in the bathtub. They're cowering. They're shaking. They're, you know, they escape the backyard. The
0: toaster, the
1: microwave. Yeah, right. All those things. (laughs) The oven timer. Exactly. (laughs) If you have a sound sensitive dog, they might just be tense. Their body might tense up. Their ears alert. Their tail goes up. You know, there's more subtle signs. So uh, in observing my sister's, um, rest in peace dog, I, when I visited, she didn't had, it was her first dog as an adult. She had no eye dog. This dog was very sound sensitive and because the signs were so subtle. So I think there's a difference. So it's not a difference in necessarily breed or definitely not in size, but some, Breeds are just known to be more sound sensitive, but I have seen labs who are not known to be sensitive. I've seen some who are very sound phobic. So it just, it just in retrievers, it just really depends.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I love people who breed hunting dogs and then they get the dog who's scared to death of the sound of the gun. Yeah. It's I like, mean, it's, yeah, didn't work out so right, well. Right, it's right. <laughs> I, which, you know, makes me wonder, could we put little headphones on the dog with classical music when they're out in the field hunting with that? Con- I, I don't know.
1: Yeah. I Believe me, I've lost sleep <laughs> over that. Like, how do we get headsets? On the dog? How do we get earbuds? Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right. Doggy earbuds. There's your next invention. Um, all right. So, um what effects um do you think that uh, noise has on dog health overall particularly for these phobic or sensitive
1: dogs this is probably my favorite topic because we I want to empower pet parents to know that there's a lot that you can do so there are a lot of sounds in your Household under your control that you may not be aware of. Dogs' hurts range is twice as high as ours. Cats is twice as high as dogs. So that means that in in layman's terms, that means that they hear further away and they also hear higher frequencies. So, so that's I'm going I'm uh, going to answer you. silent
0: dog whistles work.
1: Exactly. That's why the, exactly. Yeah, that's, silent
0: dog whistles. We can't hear them, but they can. Exactly. Frequency.
1: And if you ever, like someone says, oh, I'm going to listen to this, get this music for my dog. I can't hear it because it's too high frequency, but he can, you don't, that's not what you want. You want lower frequencies. And I, I want to come back to that. But in terms of the household sounds, I invite everyone to take a sound survey. What? Just sit on your sofa, dog and lap, it's fine, and just listen, take a notebook, and write down the sounds you're hearing inside and outside. Car sounds, motorcycle, inside the beeps, the Bluetooth buzzing, which I always have off unless I'm using it, fluorescent lights, um, pings, like all of these appliances, they drive me nuts that they... I don't need an alert that the dishwasher is done. Like I'm fine, I know, yeah. you know. So whatever you possibly can diminish or delete those signs. Newer appliances, you often can shut off the buzzing of the dryer. I have oh, seen dogs and people have come to me and said, My dog is terrified of going in the garage. I was like, Well, what happened in the garage? Oh, the washing machine and the dryer are in the garage, and the dog was walking by the dryer, and the butt the dry clothes were dry, and the buzz went off, and the dr- dog is all of a sudden thinks the garage is a scary place. So it's yeah. really take control of you can't control everything you can't control the fireworks that are coming in July fourth but you are the thunderstorms, but you can control a lot of things in your environment so just to be aware of things so for example i when I had two dogs um uh Sanchez did not make it as a career. Um, as a guide dog, so he actually was career changed and got to me my dog for 14 years. And so when I had Sanchez and my current dog Gina, I remember getting like you know those electric uh, water kettles, so it boils water for tea, and it just pings. It's a little tiny ping at the end. And the first day I got it, like they're in the dog bus, and they're they're not sound sensitive dogs, but their ears go up and they're listening. They're trying to find out. Dogs are always trying to find out do I need to safeguard this house? Do I need to be on alert? Am I safe? So they're trying to determine that. So then the next day the water comes off and they don't sit up or jump up, but their ears still go up. The third day, nothing. They're good. They know it's a safe sound. So they're always trying to orient. So really become aware of the sounds and see what you can to diminish or delete them.
0: Absolutely. And I I, I have a story to tell about that when we come back. So we're going to take a break. But when we come back from our break, Lisa is actually going to play some music that our dogs like. So stay tuned. This might be a good time to bring your dog into the room and see how they react to the music. So stay tuned. Are you ready to prepare complete and balanced meals at home for your dog with confidence? Let Dr. Judy take the guesswork out of home-prepared food in our Homemade Food for Dogs 101 course. Once you purchase this fun and easy-to-understand course on Dr. Judyu, you will have permanent access and can rewatch at any time. Podcast listeners get to take advantage of a 25% discount on Homemade Food for Dogs 101 using code PODCAST08 when purchasing on drjudyu.com. Your dog will thank you and we're back and lisa is going to give us a short concert i'm really excited and i've got my puppy next actually there's about 4 dogs in this room and right now they're all sleeping so i expect they'll stay sleeping but let's see what happens it's all you <laughs> Thank mm-hmm. you. Wow. So I'm going to be very Zen now for the rest of the afternoon. I feel sorry for the people that I have to interview later today because I am just going to sleep my way through that. Uh, that is very relaxing. And I will say two of the dogs just continued to snooze. And one of them uh, about 45 seconds or a minute in, she kind of lifted her head, did a big stretch, and then just went and mm-hmm. sunk.
1: That's uh, what happened. So amazing. Yeah. yeah
0: that's what happens and and i love it so i mean do they, do they become desensitized to it like if you let's say you're going to work and you have a dog with separation anxiety and you say, well, I'm going to turn the music on for the dog, you know, as I'm getting ready to leave. And you know, the anxiety is starting to build. Um, (laughs) If you left it playing all day, does it, do they stay calm with it all day or at some point would they just tune it out?
1: So in the uh, 20 years I've been doing this, I I have heard thousands of stories and I've never found ones that have become desensitized. I've, I've heard the opposite. I've heard dogs, stories of dogs barking for the people to turn on the music. <laughs> and I have heard now there is a time and a place to play this. I would not recommend playing it 24 seven. So such, such as in, so my, my uh, recordings are playing in over 1500 shelters worldwide. And when I used to manage the shelter project for through a dog's ear, I, would get, you know, calls from behaviorists and shelter managers. And, you know, how often do I play the music, how loud and so forth. You want to play the music whenever there's a possibility of a time of a new stimulus coming into the environment. So you leaving is a new stimulus, but don't play it right before you're leaving because then your dog builds a conditioning response. Oh my God, it's time to panic. My person's leaving. The music's coming on. You want to get into a ritual. I suggest people play it with their dogs. This music is for both ends of the leash, and I'll tell why in a second. And it is really good to practice a ritual so you're listening with your dog and your dog begins an association of all is good with the world. My person is with me. I can chill. And when you leave, don't play it right when you're leaving and play it mix up the patterns sometimes an hour before sometimes in half an hour mix up your patterns just like you mix up everything else and um so i have not, never found a dog that gets so conditioned but i but i also don't recommend it 24/7 you want times of silence so in the shelter i said play it at night sure. just one it was cd's in those days so play the CD once and have it shut off. Nothing new is coming in at nighttime. There's no people, there's no feeding time. But at feeding time, you know, with a frenzy, you know, start the music before that, You're they're not going to sleep during the feeding time, but they're just going to get a little more zen.
0: Oh man, okay. Now I gotta, I gotta try this at feeding time. I only have four dogs, but you know, it's amazing how much noise and jumping up and down and like they're so excited about their food, which I get. But man, oh man, if I could zen out feeding time. Yeah, it's not.
1: They're not gonna zen out, but they're just gonna take off that, that a little bit. But
0: if I could take a little bit of edge off, a little off, bit anything, of edge off. Anything, anything, yeah. And they do. Yeah. And they do love. if maybe I'll just get my mom to play the piano and the wall going. Yeah.
1: Um, I would like so to talk compose... about the lower frequencies. If you notice I was playing with my left hand only. Yeah.
0: Do you do you comp- I know, left hand only. I was very impressed. Do you compose your own
1: music? Um I don't compose but I did arrange that. So there's several reasons I was playing for left okay. hand only. It started with 7 years ago I broke I fell and I broke my hand so right hand so severely that I <sighs> it was in a cast and I couldn't play for so I actually was told I would never play piano again with two hands I'm playing full concerts Rachmaninoff Chopin (laughs) list with two hands so it's all good but when my hand was in a cast I rearranged this for left hand only so this is a um movement from Vivaldi um it's the Largo from from Four Seasons so Four Seasons is violin, it's high frequency, that would charge your dog's nervous system. So piano alone helps. But my left hand is playing Mm -hmm. lower frequencies. So I rearrange this for left hand only. So if you think about If your listeners think about how you intuitively use your voice with your dog, if you're saying good night, good girl, and you you know, it's calming time, you're going to just instinctively drop to a lower voice and go into what I call in music terms, long legato speak. Your mother will understand this. If your dog is about to cross the street and you see a car coming, the last thing you want to do is say... Fido here. You're going to go into high frequency pitch. Gina's, my dog is here. I'm not going to do it, but you're going to go into high frequency, short staccato. Fido here, you know, in high pitch to get yeah. alert. <laughs> so that's why I take out those staccato short sections. Everything is long musical lines and I, I don't play all left hand anymore, but I always specialize in bringing out the bass because it really does have an effect on our dogs.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So you were talking about household noises. Um, About a year, year and a half ago, my husband, we live back along Lane on a farm. So we can't see cars that are up on the road. And so my husband bought this driveway alarm that has two cameras. And as cars go by it, it beep, you know, and then 10 seconds later, when the car gets the second one, Uh, beep, uh it's really loud. (laughs) And so our puppy who's now a little over a year and a half. So, you know, he was six, seven, eight months old. Uh, st- his behavior got so bad. <laughs> and so he started alerting and being like in a frenzy. And then, so he'd hear this and he would instantly start racing around the house, barking at the top of his lungs, crazy. And that went from that to when the person would come in the house because he was already in such a hyper state then he would attack the person coming in like i have to you know i have to protect you from this whatever just set off this alarm system and so it's been unplugged now i actually took the dog to puppy training classes and actually figured out a lot of where his anxiety and crazy and aggression he's a little 10 pound dog he's like i'm gonna take everybody out And we figured out where it was from, like, because when that alarm would go off, we would also be instantly at alert, looking out the window, run to the window and look out and see who's coming, who's coming, you know, is this friend or foe? And, uh, so it is, it is so true. Like bad behaviors in our pets can start with something that we don't even associate. We don't even know
1: where it comes from. The washing machine, the dryer. Yeah. And once-
0: yeah. Once we figured out where, like, he doesn't care about the dishwasher beep. He doesn't care about the dryer, but like none of that stuff sets him off the the <coughs> oven. And you're right. I, like now I'm like, oh, I'm going to go home and silence everything. <laughs> uh, it is amazing how many things beep and buzz all day and we don't even pay attention to it. Uh, but that driveway buzzer was yeah. loud and it totally changed his behavior not for the better and it just escalated into i really thought like i'm gonna have to send this dog back to the breeder i cannot deal with this thank god we found a really good trainer and i got to understand right. where it's it the trainer didn't figure out it came from the driveway noise but just by putting everything right. together um and so it's so and before we only have a couple minutes left i can't believe this went up so fast um I want to talk about music for cats because cats are totally different. So, what are the frequencies and what, what, like, I've heard cat music. It's, it's so, So when
1: I was creating music for cats, it was based on research by, uh, Dr. Tony Buffington, I think in Ohio. And, uh, just in generality, you know, dogs, someone comes to the door and is like, this is the most exciting thing that ever happened to me. You know, and cats, someone come to the door, oh my God, I need to go hide under my bed. Because they don't like anything that's not predictable at all. So, you know, dogs like their patterns, but cats like, you know, this total 100% consistency. So the recordings I made in the past with her cats here were based on that research of providing that consistency through repetition, basically. Through, through a pattern, that an incoming thing that kept coming back. I'm, I'm now really, for right now, anyhow, just focused on dogs in my, in my new company.
0: And the cat music, is at higher frequency? Because you said the dogs, we want the low frequencies.
1: Are the cats are higher uh, frequency? No, because the cats, same thing. The cats also no. will, they can hear higher frequency, but that's not a good thing. That still charges their nervous system. So that's still going to yeah. be... Yeah, charging. Yeah.
0: Okay. So it's just a lot of repetition. Cause like when I've listened to cat music, it sounds very squeaky. Yeah.
1: This yeah. is not cat. It's for cats. It literally sounds like cats right. wailing. This is piano music for <laughs> cats. It's not cat sounds for cats. Yeah. Yeah. Because I always yeah. like to, I mean, because, I, you know, unless you have an extremely well-trained, if it's a dog, extremely well-trained Border Collie, you're going to be turning on your you're, you're going to be saying, you know, alexa play whatever. You know, turning on your stereo whatever it is. So unless you train your cat to dog to do that. So you're in control. So I want the people to really enjoy the music as well.
0: And so you said you, you do recordings and and I I think you do some live events uh for people and we kind of talked about doing one and it's not working out right now but I'm hoping I later hope so on we too. can do it. Yeah, or um, we do a live event and people can have tune in with their dogs um, and see how they respond. If someone wanted recordings of your music, are they on YouTube? Are they on discs? Are they um, something we can download? So there's several
1: and- ways they're on. Whatever. I don't print CDs anymore. People don't have a CD players. So yeah, I don't even I have don't a either. CD player. Well. So they're in st- all the streaming channels. Um, if and if you go to myzenpet.com forward slash tips, then I will send you the link to where it's streaming. It's also on the homepage of My Zen Pet, but with the tips, you get... Because it's not just the music, it's how to use the music, when to use the music, the volume to use the music. So you get tips of how to use the music for separation anxiety, sound phobias, excessive barking, hyperactivity, all the things. So, so those tips will really be helpful for you to really build the correct conditioning response that you want with it, with that music. Um, and then I also have, if you don't stream on at my com, you'll see I have Doggone Calm Forever. So people who don't stream, I have another um online program where in the forever became a request around listeners who wanted to play their music, obviously, when they were gone and have more and more music. So there's more available in the forever list. There's volumes of that of, of Doggone Calm. Volume one is on streaming. Um when this airs, it'll be two, three, four, five, and six of Doggone dog on DoggoneCom Forever.
0: Dog on com club. I love it. I love it. And I think the tips is great because I mean, I I have so many more questions and we don't have time for them, unfortunately. But, you know, do I, do I have to condition my dog to this? Do I use it as a training tool? You know, or do I just turn it on and walk away? And I'm sure all that information is available at uh, myzenpet.com slash tips. And so cool what you're doing. First of all, I love music. I, I would have loved to have been a musician. It's just not me. It's in my genes. It's just not me. Um, So, and I was a musician at one point. Well, I'm glad you get to hear your mom play though. So that's everything. Me too. Me too. So- I, I got to figure out, I can only play right-handed. I got to figure out the left. So <laughs> I'm the opposite of you. I'm, I'm we'll right a Marine. We'll do a But thank you very much for all you do. <laughs> there you go. And thank you for uh, agreeing to come on. Thank you for your concert. It was awesome. And, you know, I'm I, hoping everybody around here is going to sleep well.
1: <laughs> <afternoon. laughs> My pleasure. It was such an honor. Thank you so much, Dr. Judy.
0: Thanks for listening to another great Naturally Healthy Pets episode. Be sure to check out the show notes for some helpful links. And if you enjoy the show, please be sure to follow and listen for free on your favorite podcast app. We value your feedback and would love to hear from you on how we're doing. Visit drjudymorgan.com for healthy product recommendations, comprehensive courses, upcoming events, and other fantastic resources. Until next time, keep giving your pet the vibrant life they deserve. The purpose of this podcast is to educate
1: and to inform. It is no substitute for professional care by a veterinarian, licensed nutritionist, or other qualified professional. You're encouraged to do your own research and should not rely on this information as professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Dr. Judy and her guests express their own views, experience, and conclusions. Dr. Judy Morgan's Naturally Healthy Pets neither endorses or opposes any particular view discussed here.